from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Hey, this is MJ. And this is Mark. And we were out of sync just a tiny bit. Yeah, we just were. That's that because you were fault. chewing food. It's that, somehow is that messed what it, it is? up. I don't know. <laughs> is that like walking and chewing gum at the same it time? It might be. It somehow takes away your emotional energy from being present. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the focus is off. <laughs> that was a good show last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> we're just getting so much better. Like every single week, we're finding our stride, I think. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we are. Two, two and a half years in, and another two and a half years, we'll be right where we should be. That's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the return on IV. Has anybody calculated the ROI yet? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yikes. Hey, if nothing else, we have fun, right? Well, that's exactly right. We should, yep. One of these days, we well, should. Well, I'm having fun, so. Yeah. Anyway, one of, these, <laughs> one of these days, we should really mess with listeners, and we should pull out their old uh, $50 recorder and just do a show. <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> funny. What the fuck? No, no, no. Yeah. What's the deal with the sound? Rick Minerni. Yeah, Rick, like. fix that, Rick. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so, um, for those of you that are longtime listeners, you'll recognize that over the course of the show, our sound has gotten much, much, much better. And you'll also, um, if you could see the studio, it is, is just so different than where we started. That's what he's talking about. As in the beginning, it was. Uh, in the beginning, it was a, a handheld a, recorder. It was a lobby. Right. In a lobby with people walking by us, mm-hmm. uh, with the recorder sitting on a computer, mm-hmm. recording everything as we're talking at the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was super fun. But like I said, I'm having fun. Perry, are you still having fun? I'm having fun, yes. It's, I'm it's, having a blast. Yeah, the guests, no one asked. Just, I know. The guests, <laughs> the guests are just really fantastic people. And everyone has great stories, mm-hmm. except for a few. And audience, you guys can figure out who we're talking about. <laughs> no, it, every guest has been really actually pretty good <clears throat> and have had great stories. And um, there are a couple that I missed that I would have really would have liked to have been at, like the sailboat dweller. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. I get to, um, I, I, I don't know the word get to, but I have been traveling to the various events and yeah. I get such great feedback from people. Um, about the podcast, about the guest, about how inf- informative it is. Mm-hmm. In fact, I went on Tiny House People this week on Facebook and um, specifically did a shout out and said, hey, if you listen to the podcast, tell us what you like, what you don't like, and what you like. And someone made a comment and said that typically she only listens to the shows that she thinks she can learn something based on the description of the show, which is interesting That's because fair. I thought nobody ever read those. Um, so she had said that she had only you know like if she's interested in this particular builder or person Mm -hmm. however we had a show um, that we recorded a little while ago about tiny house insurance Mm -hmm. she said she hadn't even thought about tiny house insurance but I had uh, we had talked about the fact that it was so fun a fun not dry conversation about insurance and she said it was right she learned a ton about something that she didn't even know that she wanted to learn about. So so that was a great feedback. I get a lot of great feedback like that, sort of informally. We asked for people to comment about the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wanted to pass along that oftentimes when I meet people in person, I get a lot of good feedback too. Very nice. I'm just glad to hear we have more than one listener. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're up to five now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think our latest guest is going to appreciate that too because he, <laughs> he is used to speaking to much larger audiences than the five people we have listening to the show. Let's get the name of the, of the listeners here, shall we? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Call them out one by Call one. Call them out one by one. <laughs> Um, we do have the honor of featuring um, today, uh, having on our show today, uh, host and TV personality John Weisbarth, nice. <laughs> who is the host of, well, he's actually been the host of many very interesting programs, um, but re- most recently he's the host of the Tiny House Nation on um, A&E's FYI Network. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, guys. And I have to say that if the bar... It for guests is actually pretty good. That I can do that. I can do actually pretty good. I feel pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty fired up for that. So awesome. Yes, let's get after awesome. it. Okay, let's get after it. So, um, <laughs> since everyone knows you from or may know you from Tiny House Nation, tell us what is the most interesting non-tiny house hosting that you've done. Oh wow, that's a good. That's a good question. So. Here's the deal. So for 10 years at the very beginning of my career, I was a sportscaster in San Diego. Um, I hosted the pregame show and the postgame show for the San Diego Padres, the baseball team here, um, which is not so wild and crazy, right? Um, I did, I'm trying to think, I've done some really silly things. You know, there's one actually that, that Zach and I did, Zach Giffen, my, my co-host on Tiny House Nation, that we just did this summer that hasn't aired yet. It's called Cake Fest. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. essentially like Cake Boss meets Wipeout. Okay. Oh. Like, so it's, I mean, that's the, that's the most I can say right now, but it, it was hmm. uh, silly to say the least, but everybody knew that it was silly. No one was pretending like it wasn't. Um, so that one was kind of interesting and that, that'll be coming out on FYI sometime, uh, gosh, I would imagine before the end of the year and maybe, maybe beginning of 2018. Very cool. cool. I'm Very just cool. glad you're not building houses out of cakes because that would have been <laughs> too damn weird. Maybe they did. Yeah, well, that could be. You never and, know. And then they wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they drove there a truck go. through it. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm just looking at your, um, your uh, website and the information there, it looks like you were, so you're, you, in addition to being a sportscaster way back, way, 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 way back, you were an actor. <laughs> well, to call me an actor would imply that I was able to act. Um, <laughs> I, I did do, you know, as a kid, you know, I kind of grew up in our community theater here in my, and I live in San Diego in a town called Coronado down here. Mm-hmm. And my dad, who was career Navy for 22 years and then got out and started a handyman business. When he was just out of the Navy, um, he always loved theater, still does. He and my mom have season tickets to the, to the local theater here in town and, and they go about once a month. Um, he was really into theater and set building. So he went down to the local community theater and he was there all the time building sets. It's actually how he met my mom. My huh. mom was an artist who like wandered in and was like, uh, you know, I'd like to help paint sets. And my dad kind of perked up. He's like, uh, I'll take care of this gentleman. <laughs> uh, you know, and the, and the rest is history. But so I really grew up around the theater. So I did, um, you know, I did junior theater and stuff like that as a kid. I did some plays for the local, um, 
you know, community theater here. And then I had this opportunity. I was taking some acting classes um, over in San Diego, across the bridge, big deal, um, at uh, what was what's called San Diego Junior Theater. It was like a two-week thing. And I was there, and this producer-director came in, you know, quote, looking for talent. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of us. We were all excited. We were definitely overacting. <laughs> and what he was looking for was just a look, right? And mm-hmm. so he pulled like three or four of us out and said, yeah, you guys got a pretty good look for this, this movie that I'm, that I'm casting. Um, you know, auditions are in two weeks. We'd like to see you show up. And so I was so excited, right? And I went to it. And I remember the first thing that I walked into this, it, the casting was at like a church. It was just packed. There were so many people in there. And the first thing they asked me was union or non-union. And I had mm. no idea what that even meant. <laughs> I just looked at my mom like, what? And she goes, uh, non-union. And so uh, I think it was good because it was a very low budget film. Mm. And um, yeah, I did the audition and they said, hey, great. You, you did really well. We'll let you know in two weeks. And of course, I circled it on the calendar. You know, two weeks <laughs> comes, nothing, two weeks in a day, nothing, you know, three weeks, four weeks. I'd forgotten about it. It was like months later, I got this phone call and they're like, hey, remember us? We'd like you to come back in for, uh, for a callback. Really? And I was like, oh my goodness. And so, yeah, essentially um, what, I'm, what I'm alluding to was there's a movie called The Treasure that is essentially a really bad version of Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> um, really fun to do, you know, poorly acted, but I was, you know, I was in seventh grade by the time it, uh, it, it we were in production and you talk about an incredible experience. Yeah. I've always been interested in movies and that TV magic and man, it, it was a real crash course of how it all works. And it really sort of informed, um, what my career has been, has been, even though after that, you know, I did that and it was a wonderful experience and, and I was about to go into high school and remember my, my parents set me down and said, well, Hey, if you want to do this acting thing, now's the time. Like now get an agent. We'll drive up to LA. We'll do that audition and stuff. Wow. Um, but, but realize it's kind of a full-time job and you're going to be driving a lot and you're going to be up there for five minutes. And, uh, we know how tough, you know, this business can be probably means you won't be able to play sports. And I sort of thought about it and I said, you know, um, this was so much fun. If it's meant to be, it'll happen, but I'm not willing to, you know, give up sort of my, my high school experience in sports. And so I, I didn't do anything for a long, long time. Interesting. Um, I just, you know, I, and I didn't regret it at all. It was, it was amazing. Um, and this is a really long story. No, it's good. It's great. This is great. You know, um, and, you know, it wasn't until maybe my sophomore year of college when I took this class. It was a sports management class. It was just someone said, oh, this is a fun class. I was a communications major, right? So I was like, okay, great. It's either underwater basket weaving or <laughs> take this sports management Talk class. Talk about sports and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, we had this amazing professor, Al Ferrer, who was the former baseball coach. And his deal was it's all about networking. About who you know, you'd be surprised. And we did all these like networking exercises within the class, hmm. and it got me thinking. Gosh, being a sportscaster would be pretty cool. I like sports. Um, I like performing, and not only would I get to go to games 
and meet athletes for free. They'd actually pay me to do that. I was like, <laughs> okay. And he really inspired me to sort of, okay, go for it. And, you know, so I started a, a letter writing campaign to our local sportscaster. And a year and a half later, I finally got an internship and so on and so forth. Now I'm on the Tiny House podcast. <laughs> the pin, no doubt the pinnacle, the pinnacle of his career, all us and our five listeners. <laughs> so do you watch Stranger Things on Netflix? Yes, but I've only watched one episode of the second season because my wife, love her to death, she has a very vivid imagination. If she watches something oh. even a little bit scary before bed, it's just nightmares all night. Mm -hmm. So it's like I have to either outlast her she's like okay i'm gonna go to bed i'm like okay i'm gonna sneak in an episode you know but usually i'm so tired so because we can't start you know i have a we have a five-year-old so we put him down you know by the time we get down there maybe it's like nine nine thirty and then if we're gonna watch something else it's like ah, i'm ready for bed so yes i watch it i've only one episode into the second season loved the first season so i won't kill season two for you i just binged on it the only reason why i mention it is because at the end of season two they actually do these posts. They do full episodes where they sit down with the child actors. And mm. the funny thing about that was they also show their original um, uh, filming well, of their audition tapes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so oh, when oh, you were oh. talking about being this this sort of child actor and you go into this room and you do the audition tape, it, it sort of brought me back to that. Um, I can't imagine, um, again, the complexity, but kind of just the core, their audition tapes for that, for that cast are really quirky and really mm. funny and you can sort of see the connection between what they saw in this really grainy poorly produced audition tape and what they actually so it's it's a it was a it was sort of a cool flashback i thought you would I thought you would sort of appreciate that at the, at the end of season two um you get a reminisce about what it was like to be in seventh grade and, <laughs> and <laughs> well, listen let's be really clear those kids that whole cast, they are amazing actors. Yeah. You know, for me, honestly, when I watch something, um, and this goes for everything, it's like, I have to believe it, Yeah, you know, because as soon as I don't believe it, then I'm just taken out of it. Like my temporary suspension of disbelief is gone. And mm -hmm. that goes for music. It goes for everything. There's some guys, I would love to go watch live music if we can. And there's nothing I like more than, a man or a woman on a stage with a guitar and nothing else, mm. just singer songwriter. But I have gone to some where it's like, they're up there, they're singing a love song. And I'm like, Nope, don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah. But then there's ones where it's like, Oh yeah, this person's been through some heartbreak. Yeah. And it's like, you, you can just tell they can sing the same words, yeah. but I have to believe it. And, and that's, that's the thing about stranger things. When I'm watching these kids, I am there. Yeah. When you watch the treasure, you're not necessarily, <laughs> you're not necessarily there, but you're like, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm going to have to find it in oh. the archives of the, you know. Good luck. Adventure is afoot in the small coastal town of Emerald Cove. Oh, no. Dave Shipper, John Weisbarth is all set to enjoy a quiet summer, but the rival's cousin John, Frank Jemison, throws a wrench into his plan. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry. Taking Literally the movie. They, <laughs> They like ran out of, I remember the first day we were there. Do you guys know what craft services yeah. Oh, yeah. is? Right. It's like, oh, it's like, it's like the snack tables where all the food is. And I remember the first week of production, we had this, we had like catering service. We had all this stuff. And literally they went to set the second week. That was all gone. It was just like our parents <laughs> making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> and it was like lukewarm 
gruel. More porridge, please. The big difference between union and non-union started to become much clearer. Exactly. Oh, God, you believe it. And then we had to like stop down because they ran out of money. And so he's like, we started in the in the winter and we filmed like a week and then a second week, and they're like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Uh new plan. We're gonna break until the summer <laughs> while well, we raise some money um, and then he's like so nobody cut your hair so there are literally <laughs> there are literally scenes where I like I'm walking into what is my house and my hair is like dark and kind of short and then I walk into the door I'm in the interior and my hair is much longer and much lighter <laughs> and it's just like oh my god Goodness. So the there's, there's a lot of those Easter. It's a lot of fun to watch. I haven't yeah. shown my son yet. He's five. Oh. And we're like really close to like, okay, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch this together and just see what he thinks. But I'm almost <laughs> I'm almost too embarrassed. Like, <laughs> he's five. He still looks at me like his hero. And I don't want him to like look up and be like, Oh yeah, dad, what's that? <laughs> so I'm sure you don't have these problems with Tiny House Nation. No. You know what's <laughs> funny about Tiny House Nation is that kids love that show. What? My son included. Yes. Yeah. I hear all the time. I mean, even sometimes like a backhanded compliment, like someone will come. Actually, here's a funny story. Oh, I got a great story for you. So this is also like my big star moment. Um, there's a guy, Greg Dewey, um, who MJ, you might've met cause he hangs out with Zach with the tiny, uh, operation, tiny house stuff. And he was at the uh, jamboree, Yep. but he's the, he's like one of the lead carpenters. Yep. And, um, Dewey and I, he's in Salt Lake city. Um, I'm in San Diego, but we'd always kind of, they would schedule our travel together. So we were usually landing, you know, wherever the next episode was going to be. And the thing about tiny house nation is we're usually out in the country. Right. So it's like, Oh, you're doing one in Chicago. Like, no, we're doing one an hour and a half outside of Chicago. Chicago is where we're landing. <laughs> so Dewey and I would spend a lot of time in the car, kind of late at night driving to, uh, to the next episode. And we, gosh, for the life of me, I can't remember where we were. East Coast somewhere. We're driving along. Dewey's driving. And we get pulled over for speeding. Right? <laughs> and so it was like one of these things where like, oh, gosh. And Dewey's like, oh, man. He's like, just. Come on, flash him your smile. Do that star thing. And I'm like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, that's going to work. <laughs> so I'm in, the, I'm in the passenger seat and, and Dewey's driving. Officer comes up and he goes, yeah, you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, uh, why officer? He's like, well, speeding, it's a, it's a little bit of a weird thing. It drops down from 55 to 35 through this little section. You, you guys not from here? I'm like, no, no. He was like, oh, we're just, we're just in town for some work. Well, what do you do? And then I'm like, uh, well, actually, officer, we're um, part of a television show. Oh, what television show? I say, uh, Tiny House Nation. And he like leans down and goes, you're kidding me. My kid loves that show. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, just to make it a backhand comp compliment, he goes, I don't know why, but yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> and then he lets us off. He you know, does. I drive safe. And I was like, this is unbelievable. The next day I show up to set and Dewey's already told the, the whole, all the carpenters and everyone's like, Ooh, look at Mr. Big Time. <laughs> but it was pretty awesome. So yeah, so we got out of a ticket and got an insult, but it was, Super but it was still totally worth it. Very cool. So John and I had the opportunity to hang out, you know, this past week at the Jamboree in Texas. And I was in the lobby at the Sheraton 
And someone recognized me and said, you know, came over, introduced themselves. We started chatting and their daughter was there as well. And they said, yeah, you know, the daughter insisted, I think she was probably maybe 10 years old or so. And they said, she insisted on coming along. And they were proceeded to tell me a story. How about they, they had arrived a couple hours earlier and they were walking through the parking lot and they thought they saw you, John, walking across the parking lot. And they're like, oh, we, we think that's John. And the daughter looks at the mom like she's absolutely nuts, right? Mm. And she's like, well, oh, that's not him. And then the daughter proceeds to tell the mom, you know how you like, you know how you know daddy? That's how I know John and Zach. <laughs> Hold on. That sounds really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know her like I know mom. <laughs> but that, that was her closest point of reference. Like, you know, she, she knew all about John and Zach. She was there to see John and Zach, and she would know whether or not that was John walking across the parking lot. So, But here's what she didn't realize is that I had a full beard and that was me. I was like, <laughs> I had like a hat on and sunglasses and I had this big red and gray beard because we're on a little bit of a hiatus. I, you know, I was a sportscaster for years. I, I never got to grow out my beard. I don't know if you've ever noticed like Jon Stewart goes off TV. Then all of a sudden, oh, he's got a beard. Yeah. Um, you know, Conan O'Brien, when he was off, it's like, oh, he grew out a beard. Um, David Letterman, huge beard. Like all these people, all these guys that have to like shave all the time. We're like, oh, this is our opportunity. So yeah, so I had my weird hiatus beard going and she totally didn't recognize me. I know I kind of flew under the radar. It was interesting because then every once in a while, someone would be like, oh, they like hear my voice or something. They'd be like, oh my gosh, that's, that's you, John. It's like, yeah. <laughs> How did you score the, the gig? That's a good story too. Um, so... Luckily, this is a long podcast. Okay, here we go. Um, so, <laughs> Grab your coffee. I'll give you sort of the, the medium to longer version. Okay. Um, but essentially, there was a two and a half year break between my sports casting and Tiny House Nation. And in that break, I was doing all kinds of different things and just, you know, doing whatever I could to sort of, you know, pay the bills. Um, luckily, my wife works full time and she's awesome and she loves working. So we, we were okay there. But that was also, you know, the birth of my son had just happened. And so I was, I was kind of doing the Mr. Mom thing, but I have an agent um, and I would go up to LA and I audition for all these different types of things. And, you know, it'd never work out. And I remember I got a phone call on a Wednesday afternoon from my agent and he said, Hey, I might have something for you. What do you know about the tiny house movement? I said, Ooh, not much. <laughs> and he goes, well, Figure it out and wear a flannel because you've got a Skype interview on Friday. <laughs> wear like, a flannel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, great. So, you know, so Do I went I right flannel? to it and I started looking at the tiny house movement. And the thing that struck me and I was like, oh, I like this was really the environmental aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a kid, my mom was always really involved in that stuff. I mean, as a kid, you know, eight years old, we went to some picket line to picket offshore drilling here in, you know, off the coast of San Diego, like, don't let it happen. Mm -hmm. It was like on the news as an eight-year-old. And so as I was really kind of, because that's kind of where the tiny house movement sort of started. It, it started out of this, you know, you know, environmental sort of concerns and it's, it's exploded in a lot of other ways, but that was kind of what I was, you know, like, Ooh, I really, really like that. So anyway, the Skype interview happens Friday morning, eight o'clock with this woman in um, New York for the production company. 
And unbeknownst to me, what had happened was I was not the first host for Tiny House Nation. It was Zach and another gentleman. And the show had been greenlit and was ready to go. And they were just realizing that what they had were two different specialists. They had Zach, who was a tiny house specialist. And they had this other host who was sort of a, um, a landscape specialist. And they said, no, what we need is a host and a specialist. And if we're going to keep a specialist, we should probably keep the tiny house one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what they were kind of looking for. You know, as I mentioned, my dad was a handyman basically for most of my life. So I, I worked for my dad during the summers, starting in the eighth grade, all the way through college and then full-time for a couple of years as I was breaking in to try and be a sportscaster. So I had a little bit of, not necessarily a build background, but certainly a tools and a fix-it background, which helped. Um, and so I mean, we talked about all that. I did this Skype call and they're like, listen, that went well. This is going to happen pretty fast because they're in production and they need to get going. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, I might know by Monday. Well, the next day, Saturday, I got a phone call. I said, okay, the... The uh, network liked you. They want to fly you to New York on Monday. You're going to meet the contractor and you guys are going to do a, a screen test. Wow. It's a contract. They're talking about Zach, but I heard contractor. I'm like, okay, 50 year old with a beer gut. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> and I'm like, are they going to be like quizzing me on, Pack my, of flannel. on like house construction? Because I was a, a repair guy, not like a, not a builder. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, you know, looking at dormers, roof joists and all this kind of. <laughs> crazy stuff trying to get my lingo down fly out to new york on a monday you know get there it's all day so tuesday i walk into the to loud television which is now part of itv america and into this conference room and i meet this lady who was the showrunner which is essentially the big producer in charge of the show and we sit in this conference room and we talk for about 30 minutes um and then zach comes in and we talk for another maybe hour and we're just kind of getting to know each other. And I am, you know, it's been two and a half years, right? I'm like, I need this. Like, I'm, this is, I'm in the room. Come on. <laughs> so I'm like doing soft shoe. I'm doing <laughs> keys. I'm doing whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever I need. <laughs> and uh, look, it's shiny. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> whatever I can. And, um, you know, it's going pretty well. Like, it's funny. We didn't talk about tiny house stuff that much. We were just kind of getting to know each other. <clears throat> Zach was talking a lot about skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a surfer. Uh, and so we had kind of, we were like drawing sort of similarities there. And again, let me just be very clear. Zach is literally a professional skier. One of the top skiers. And I surf. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm like upper, upper medium surfer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but still we, we had that in common and we are kind of hitting it off. Um, and the show owner said, great, let's go get something on film. And I said, okay. Like, what are we doing? She's like, oh, I don't know. Let's just see what happens. I'm like, you're kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) We just got to see what happens. You're not going to give us any direction. So we went to a hardware store in Manhattan, which by the way, didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) The one. Like uh, one screwdriver is like $400. (laughs) (laughs) So we go in there and we just like, it's like me and Zach, a camera guy, and a sound guy, and we're just kind of walking through, like looking at stuff and just kind of saying whatever comes to mind. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> I can't believe I came all this way. I'm not going to get this. Um, so that was Tuesday. Well, wait a they second. Kinda, wait a second. John, yeah. John, were you making jokes about the tools or what were you guys talking about on the camera? 
you know, honestly, I don't recall mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but it was something like that. We were just kind of going like, oh, check this out. And I, you know, you know, I was kind of, we were kind of doing what we do now. Like mm-hmm. Zach is sort of like, oh, well, this is great. This is a, you know, a, a half hitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a, knot, like a Christmas but, uh, ornament. <laughs> that's where I worked with my dad. <laughs> you know, are, uh, my script, blah blah blah. I was like, "Oh man, I could take your teeth out with these." <laughs> <laughs> All right, but there was enough of this, like, "Oh, okay." There's a, there was at least enough of of comfort, and I have to give Zach a ton of credit because Zach had never done TV before that. He'd done some oh, wow. uh, ski films mm-hmm. and even a tiny house film, uh, but never just like TV. And you know, I had over a decade of experience and what that decade of experience had gotten me able to do was to be comfortable just being myself. And mm. that's really hard when you start. Mm. Um, and Zach was awesome. And he was open to me. You know, he'd just been, he just completed an episode with a different host who he'd like bonded with. Mm. And now he's told like, oh, well, that guy's out. And you have to be friends with this guy. And, mm. and he was, you know, he, he could have torpedoed that. Absolutely. And he didn't. Um, and he never would now that I know him, right? I mean, that's not the kind of guy he was, but I give him a lot of credit for that. And so we just, we didn't do anything amazing, but we showed we had a little chemistry. And, I, and so that was Wednesday, but I'll never forget. So, uh, or excuse me, that was Tuesday. And so we went back to the production house. And said, okay, great. We're going to cut this up. We're going to send it off to, to the network. And, and, you know, we might know as early as tomorrow. To so Zach and I said, okay, well, let's, Let's go get a beer. So we, we, we walked downstairs, walked to the corner, and he and I went in and sat at the bar and shared a couple of beers. And we just met each other. We just didn't say, we didn't know if I had it or not. But in that time, we kind of felt good about it. And we essentially hashed out what our relationship would be like on the show. I mean, I remember he sat there and he said, listen, you can totally make fun of me if you want. I won't care. It's like, me either. I don't care either. We can totally do that. And so we're like, okay, that's cool. And I, I sort of had this moment where I said, Zach, I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm really new to the tiny house movement. I don't know a lot about it. And he said, perfect. He's like, because what you are is the everyman in yeah. the situation. Yeah. What you can do help make this palatable to a much broader audience. Yeah. He's like, I know this stuff. I'm fanatic about this stuff, but I, but I really believe, and he does, that tiny houses can save the world. He's like, I don't want that message to be lost on the messenger. Mm. You know, and if I'm just, he's like, I can get kind of crazy and, 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 and rant and all that stuff. And if you're there to sort of pull me back and make it a little bit more accessible for a broader audience, and we're doing a really good thing. And it immediately clicked because that is what the sportscaster model is. When I was a sportscaster, I never played in the big leagues, but I always sat next to a former major leaguer, right? So I know about it and I can set it up. And then for the real insight, I, the, you know, the former pitcher could talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing with Zach and I. So I know about it. I've studied it. And now over the course of three and a half years, I have become a bit of an expert because I've, I've put my 10,000 hours in. Yeah. Um, but in the beginning, it very, it, it was very much, he's the expert and I can, I can kind of lean on him. And he gave me that permission and it sort of really opened it up because I was like, I don't want to feel like a fraud yeah. doing this because I don't live in a tiny house. Um, you know, I really believe in what the tiny house 
the, the movement, what it stands for. Um, I do think there's such a way to live tiny in a not so tiny space. Mm. Trademark that by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and so, you know, it's a long story of how, of how I got to the show, but it was very interesting to me that from the get go, Zach and I not only clicked, but we really figured out what that sort of, for lack of a better term, you know, that, that buddy cop relationship yeah. is going to be like, so and, it's, and it's born itself out that way. Yeah. So the, so the, so you guys did that show, you went out and get a beer, the showrunner went and passed it to the network supposedly. And then what happened? Did they just come back and say, you got it? Yeah. Wednesday they said, Hey, why don't you come into the office? And when they said that, I was like, I've got this. And I remember walking from my hotel to the, to the production company. I was like listening to some music on my phone. I'm walking to New York city. And I thought my life's about to change. Wow. And it absolutely did. Um, and so, yeah, I walked in, they said, congratulations, you've got it. And I remember, you know, the president of the company like took Zach and I and the showrunner and this woman, Jess, who was going to be our, who, who was our art director. Um, and really sort of, that's a whole other story, but really, really saved season one. Huh. Um, and it took us out to this dinner and I'm like, yeah, this is what being on TV is about. I'm like, I got this nice dinner. <laughs> I'm in Manhattan. I mean, this is way better than the local TV I'd done and certainly better than the Treasures Crafty table. <laughs> there wasn't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in Inside. this place. Like, yes, this is living. That was Wednesday. Then Thursday, I flew home, went to a wedding, one of my good buddies' weddings on Friday. And then Sunday night, I landed in Knoxville, Tennessee. Wait a, wait a second, John. Wait, what did your yeah. wife say? Oh, well, she was stoked. I mean, like, <laughs> Show we'll, me the money. <laughs> we'll, we'll, well, no, listen, it, it had been a two and a half yeah. year thing. And, um, you know, truthfully, I hit some real lows mm. um, from a professional standpoint mm -hmm. um, in that two and a half years. You know, it's, I'm a pretty positive guy, but when you are constantly rejected, um, it's really easy to lose faith in yourself. It's really easy to start second guessing, you know, and I'm not talking about six months or even a year, but two years into it, yeah. it's really easy to be like, huh, you know, maybe this has passed me by. That's a real bummer. Cause I never saw it like that. Mm. Uh, and to go out for things and to go in a room and nail it and just crush it and be like, and I'm perfect for this. And then to not get the job. Yeah. Um, that happens you know, a number of times and it'll, it'll, it'll shake your confidence. And I had absolutely gotten to that point. Mm -hmm. What was interesting is that personally, my personal life was never better because my son was born. And so the first year and a half of his life, I was the primary caregiver. And I thought I, I didn't, I didn't lose sight of the fact that that was really special and that not a lot of fathers more and more these days, but not a lot of fathers are necessarily the primary caregiver in those first 18 months. And I recognized that that was special and that, and that I was having this incredible bond with my son. It's so cool. And I really believe because when tiny house nation started the first year I was on the road, 230 days of the year. Wow. Mm. The next year, the next two years, come, you know, it was like 170 and 170. So it got a little bit better. But you got to imagine, I'm an 18 month at home, not talking yet. 
Um, I'm there all the time. And then all of a sudden I was just gone mm-hmm. and it was such a weird thing. Cause I was so happy to be working. I was so excited. This was such a great opportunity. And I was heartbroken yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, I'm even getting teared up just thinking about it right yeah. now. Yeah. At least you had those, those two years though, that were just phenomenal. Well, that's exactly it. And, yeah. and, and, and in hindsight, it's like, I realized how important that was because I, you know, I'm like, Oh, he's going to forget about me. He doesn't even know who I am. You know, I mean, like, I'm just like Eeyore. The <laughs> sky is falling. Um, but, you know, it didn't. That time was so valuable. And, and the, the amount of work, I'm going to get emotional again, <laughs> that, um, that my wife did working full time, taking care of our son, taking care of the house, doing all that so that I could, you know, kind of chase my dream. What a gift. God, what a wimp I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. This is, this is human, right? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it, was, it was just, I'm so thankful to her. So, I mean, you, guess how, you, know, you ask, how did, you know, how did she react? She was so supportive. And it was so hard on her. You know what I mean? It was tough for me because I was like, oh, I'm missing everyone. It's like, well, she's missing me and you know, raising our son and working full time and taking care of the house. I mean, it was like, yeah, she had all that. She had so much more heavy lifting than I did. And I remember at one point, because I was just so sad, I was like, honey, you just say the word. You just tell me when you can't do it anymore, and I will walk away from this. I don't care. Like, this isn't worth it. I, I didn't know what it meant to be gone. I'd never done that as a sportscaster. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you just say the word, and I'll walk away from all of this. And you know what she said to me? I would never say that to you. Would never ask you to walk away from me. Wow. And I was just like, well, I won the lottery. Yeah. And she's also really smoking hot. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it's pretty, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky. Nice. So. Nice. So, so tell me the, the story behind the first season and how that art director saved it. Well, you know what it was? It was just every first season of every television show that's ever been made yeah. goes growing pains because honestly you don't really know what it is until you get out there and so um you know that's what was going on with tiny house nation and and the part that you know i didn't understand at the time but now i do is that fyi was going to be a new network you know it was any biography but they were they were rebranding it and relaunching and ready or not they're relaunching in july of 2014 you know we started production April 2014, and this was going to be one of the shows that the network was going to launch with. Mm. So it had to happen, and it had to happen quickly. There, there was, you just had to plow through it. Where I think under a normal circumstance, after that first week when the host wasn't right and the, the chemistry wasn't there, I think they would have like backed off. Mm. Let's think this. Let's make sure we get this right. They didn't have time for that, which incidentally is why I got the job, you know? Because I was, I was, you know, no pun intended, but Johnny on the spot. I was, I was the right guy at the right time. Yeah. They didn't have any time to second guess or to think it through. Yeah. And as it worked out, it worked out great for everyone. And this was the shot that I was waiting for because I always knew, like, listen, I can do this. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's not one specific thing, but what the, you know, what the art director did, um, Jess Canovas, what she did, she recognized that if at the end of the program, 
if the tiny house doesn't look amazing, we don't have a show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's the whole thing. That reveal. You know, and if it if it doesn't wow people, then we have no show. And so what she did was she did whatever it took to make that house look amazing. Hmm. And that meant that sometimes there were overages that we were, you know, spending more money than was budgeted. And I don't know what our overages were, but they were significant. Mm. And if that was happening in, in, you know, in a normal situation, that's how you get fired. Right. But she stayed around for the next, you know, two seasons after that. We did four seasons. She was with us for three seasons, then took another job. Um, Because everyone recognized that like, yeah, she had enough chutzpah to say like, I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to catch some grief for this, but I also know that if we don't get this right, then we've got nothing wow. and all of us were out here for nothing. And so she, I credit her, you know, a lot of people, but certainly she gets a lot of credit in my mind for, um, for doing what it took to make sure that the tiny house nation would live on. Yeah. And it did. And then we got much better and we understood what the show was. And then it, it became a really smooth sailing ship at that point. You know, she was, she was three seasons in, two and a half years in and was like, okay, I'm ready to do something else. And it was, it was fine. I was really sad to see her go because the one thing about our crew is that we really did become family. I mean, you think about how long we were spending, you know, I was spending more time with the crew than I was with my own family. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't work if the personalities don't work. Mm. And we, we have some amazing people. And like I said, we've been on this little hiatus and I've seen Zach a few times and got to see Dewey, you know, who reminded me about the, the police. <laughs> uh, but uh, I miss these guys because you spend so much time with them and they were, they, I really do consider them all friends. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what's going on with the show now? Where, when, and what are you doing? What are you thinking about for your future? Uh, it's a good question. So I, as far as what's going on with the show, all I can tell you is that we're on a hiatus mm-hmm. because that's all that I know. Oh, okay. uh, and I don't know. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know if the show is going to come back. Um, I think it's a good chance that it will. I think there's a possibility it could come back and it could be on another network maybe, but all that stuff. And I don't, I don't know how that all works and that's way above my pay grade, but we're, we're on a hiatus. We've, we've got 70 episodes in the can and they're sort of thinking it through and trying to understand what the next steps are. Okay. Um, so that's what's going on with the show. Uh, as far as for my career, it's an interesting thing because I have a little bit of, um, you know, contractually, I'm still tied to tiny house nation, um, for a little while longer. So it does limit what I can do a little bit. Um, are you being paid while it's on hiatus? I am not. Okay. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's the deal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I've been trying to do, I've been trying to like chase opportunities that don't involve me being on camera, you know, quote unquote producing, um, which is super fancy title. Sounds awesome, Uh, (laughs) but you're not really a producer until you produce something. So I've, I've been doing that, you know, I've been chasing ideas, trying to get people together, figure out where the money can come from doing those kind of things. But really what I've been doing, Really what I've been doing is just hanging with my family oh, and being cool. home awesome. with my friends. And it's, and it's great. It's been, it's been such an amazing summer and now into fall. So 
it's been really cool. I am getting a little anxious. I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm ready to, I'm ready to start doing something else, but it's been a nice reset. Very cool. A little cakey. Getting a little, a little cakey. cakey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, a couple little projects. I certainly have had some fun little, you know, one-offs here and there, which are cool. Um, I was actually uh, just in LA doing um, a run through for a game show. Can't tell you what game show or what. I mean, it would be a new game show. I can't tell you much about it, but essentially a run through is like you present the game show to the game show network and um, they decide if they like the show. And then there's a chance that they do like the show that maybe you could be the host. Um, <laughs> that's all. I mean, but there's also just as good of a chance that they'll be like, we love the game show and Mario Lopez and his dimples are going to look. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, so exactly. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what that means. But so I've been, I have been staying busy. Um, it's been a lot of time with the family and doing little projects here and there. So nice. what is the voiceover thing you're going to, if you can, it, it's for the cake fest. Oh, thing. right on. Okay. So we, cool. uh, like I said that we shot that this summer, um, and there's some like pickup stuff that we need to do. Got it. Um, and yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do that. Uh, we were trying to get Zach and I together to do it, but he's so busy too, doing the operation tiny home thing. So I guess he recorded his yesterday in Sacramento and I'm doing mine today here in san diego cool. well john this has been fantastic thank you so much for making the time to be with us today on the tiny house podcast it was my pleasure that was so fun yeah, i mean fun. i cried yeah laughed yeah <laughs> you know make, what i mean that's what makes a good show mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I thought a half hitch was a tool and not, not. <laughs> that i feel was, like that we really kind of covered everything yeah that was fun. i think so all right and uh tiny house listeners yet another great episode um we're looking forward to having you on again all five of you next week yeah hey, yeah i want to say hi to larry sarah <laughs> mary Bob and Stan. Those are five listeners. Shout out. That's right. <laughs> thanks, guys. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever, you tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs>